0: Diverse
1: voices. Unique sound. Not
0: the same old thing. Different.
1: Different. This is NoCo FM.
0: Hi everyone and welcome to the new episode. We're starting a little differently this week with a guitar and vocal performance from my wonderful friend and this week's guest, Bobe Barnes. So without further ado, here's Bobe. <laughs>
1: Things 사람의...
0: Hello, and welcome to Feminist Hot Dog, the news, humor, and cultural survival show by for and all about women and people of all genders who experience sexism. Have you ever met someone and just intuitively known that you should spend time with them? I've actually had that feeling backfire on me before, but not with today's guest. I met her when we were both training to become aerial yoga teachers, and I don't know if it was the fact that we bonded while we were hanging upside down or (laughs) or twisting ourselves into knots for 10 hours a day, but I instantly felt not only that she was someone uh, who was really fun to goof around with in yoga class, but someone I could really learn from. And that feeling turned out to be exactly right. So um, even though it's been many months and she lives half a country away now, I am so thrilled to be talking to my guest and my friend, Bobe Barnes. Today, Bobe, welcome to Feminist Hot Dog. Hi.
2: <laughs> That's so sweet of you to say about me. Oh,
0: well, it's 100% from the heart. And like mm. I said, you're someone I have really wanted to have on the show oh, cool. pre- pretty much from day one, but then you mo- you moved away. I, I, had to, <laughs> I had to come track you down. Mm-hmm. So... We just heard a beautiful song from you. Um, Mm -hmm. Before I start peppering you with questions, do you mind telling us a little bit about that song?
2: So the song, I play guitar for more like myself or Mm -hmm. practicing. It's a really good way to meditate. It really calms me down. And this song... um, it was originally from like really long time, like 1970, I mm. think. And a lot of different artists like remake it. And the one that I fell in love with was like a really rock, rocky.
0: Okay, so tell us the name of the
2: song um, and what it means. Um, the title of the song is Only Longing Feels Up. Mm-hmm. So and what is, what is it in Korean? Means "kurium manseine" and saida means something pile up. You can say "snow," like "nuni saeda" means snow piles up. My uh, practice and sing this song when I miss Korea, mm-hmm. and uh, Korea has a kind of sad history if you think about it, and a lot of songs and movies and show has a lot of sor- sorrowness mm-hmm. in their thing, mm-hmm. and I really like that part even though it's like sad. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us.
2: Thank you. Okay,
0: so a little bit about Bo You are a graphic designer, a blogger, a yoga and taekwondo enthusiast. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how you feel about the label military spouse, but your husband is in the Air Force. Is that right? Mm -hmm. He is. Okay. And so I would just love it if you could... I, I met you through yoga, so if, if maybe we could talk about that first. Could you tell us a little bit about your journey in the yoga world? Okay, and I'd love to hear you more more about just what brought you to yoga and how it it really has become. It seems like central to who you are. Okay,
2: so my yoga journey always started from when I was a teenager. I was doing taekwondo, and even before that, I was always kind of athletic type of person. But like Korean high school or like middle school, they're always focusing on like a book, academic study. Mm. And if you go to normal high school, you be staying in the school for like eight hours a day, sit on the desk and just study. And I really didn't want to do that. But I was always good with like other things like PE or art or music. And I wanted to become like a Taekwondo master Mm. and you can go to pretty good college through Taekwondo. And my high school teacher was like, you're probably too small for becoming Taekwondo master. And then she recommended like a photography art school, Mm. which I also appreciated. But when I went to college in Montgomery, there was a gym just open and they were offering yoga class for free to the student. And I started going there. I really found like a peace doing yoga practice. And that kind of brings me into the old dream that I have, like Mm -hmm. attack on the master. And yoga teacher seems like pretty similar, but in a different form. And when I did the aerial yoga for the first time, that inversion really changed my life. And I also discovered that I have socioliosis, and have a cervical surviv cervic- uh on my neck. Oh. And I think I I had a really big fall when I was seven, five years old. I fall down from the slide mm. and I hit my head and it's been traumatized me for a long time. So I've been saying like becoming a yoga teacher maybe is my dharma, it's my destiny to become a yoga teacher and maybe help other people with trauma or their spine issues. I really want to help them in a way and so I wanted to become an aerial yoga teacher and as Lisha was saying our teacher was saying she was like you have to become yoga teacher before aerial teacher Mm -hmm. and then I fall in love with all the process all the trainings and now I'm doing 300 hours in the five minute faraway studio here that's so great yeah it is (laughs)
0: um so that what you said about helping people kind of leads me to my next question so one of the things that i've observed about you is how easily you connect with other people
2: yeah
0: and have you is has that always been part of your nature and do you have a specific Mm -hmm. approach to when you meet new people or is it just kind of how you are
2: i think it is kind of how i am my dad is really good with like people and gathering them around and i think i got that gene from my dad but it kind of stopped when i first moved into america cuz i didn't speak any like good english i was really quiet in college i was like, only focusing on my studying thing but then once i started to build up some confidence i'm still building up but really yoga teacher training helped me a lot so you met me like right after i becoming me again mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah and so you mentioned that you went to high school in korea and came to the u.s mm-hmm.
2: to, um did you come to the u.s to go to college um so my dad was working at the hyundai car company oh, yeah. and montgomery has a big factory and he was relocated and all of my family my mom and dad, and my old older brother moving to Montgomery yeah but I also live in California for year and a half when I first moved in so I have 714 number which is California oh I was wondering about that yeah yeah and I do feel myself having a little bit of like California girl in me yeah yeah
0: (laughs) I can see that
2: um
0: and so as you reflect on that transition from Korea to the United States Did it change the way you felt about being a woman or how you saw Mm. your identity
2: reflected to you on a day-to-day basis? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you mind talking about Uh, that? Sure. I also learned that my family isn't really totally Korean traditional types of family. My grandmother always told me, like, you're really strong, independent, like, Um, loud voice woman in a way, and she never really what's that word like loving boys more because most mm -hmm. Korean families are like that. Because I think my grandma and also my mom and dad were always kind of equal to me and my brother. Mm -hmm. But then meeting my Korean friends in Korea and also in America, they sometimes they have really like different. Um, treatment for the sexual gender mm-hmm. yeah yeah so uh doing some research for your podcast i was feeling that i'm so lucky how i grow up how my family kind of treated me and also able to see how my other friends families like and stuff like that yeah mm-hmm.
0: And I want to talk to you about your life as a writer and an artist and a singer. I didn't even know that you <laughs> sang and played guitar either. You because know, so, um, that's obviously a huge part of who you are. Mm-hmm. So what are
2: you excited about right now artistically? Um, so I also found... So right now, this moment, I'm really focusing on doing yoga and living my life with yoga's philosophy. And I think life itself is an art in a way and doing practicing yoga and staying present is also kind of part of the art and um it also go back to my family story my brother my not, no my father has a four older sisters mm. and three of them are artists oh wow yeah and my second aunt I live like same apartment complex for a few years and she is a pottery artist and i saw her trying to like uh, make her studio in like a basement of the apartment and then she moved out to some other um and yeah she has a studio pottery art studio now and i was always kind of playing at her studio Mm. so uh, for me art is more like everything could be art you know you can just name Back and it's an art and then i can try to find what's beauty out of it so uh i think for me as an artist i don't know <laughs> i am trying to get back to more like art and painting and maybe more explore my singing part music part in a way um and uh Art, I wanted to say art has a, such a beautiful power. It also go back to my quiet college area. And I took like, um, sculpture classes. And I have a picture of it here. And I started to making friends because of my artworks was really good. Mm. All of my friends were getting interesting because of I made this art and they wanted to take a picture of my artwork. They were... Interested to work with what I was working on and stuff like that. This is what I made.
0: (laughs) Wow! Can you describe that for the for the Uh, listeners, and I'll try to post it on the website too if you'll let me.
2: Um. So we had to make a certain size of scripture, three D scripture, using like the same material over and over. And some people use like a toothpick. Some people use like popsicle. And I use cotton pads. A oh, penis shape mm-hmm. and it also had like a ba- baby oil smells in it oh okay yeah. so it's
0: like a multi-sensory uh-huh. sculpture it's uh-huh.
2: it's really impressive yeah it was like oh, this much height and my friends jamie um we are really still really good friends and she wanted to take a picture of that one and she posted it on her instagram and we starting to become really good friends after that artwork they were like this quiet Bobe girl she yeah got some stuff going on <laughs> i love
0: it I hope, you, I hope i can um post, yeah, post it for the fans mm-hmm. yeah, we'll send um, it to
2: you.
0: that's fantastic well is there anything else about being bobay that you want to share with us uh, anything else kind of central to who you are and your your growth
2: as a feminist so i wanted to share i I just shared my family was kind of feminist. Nobody didn't really um, put boys first kind of thing. And I think also my friends were kind of strong boys, strong feminism type of people. And I was just talking to my Korean friends a few days ago and I asked her about this podcast. And she reminded me of our high school memories. We, all the boys we're always talking about like girls who are like having sex with girls. And it sounded like they didn't care about if you're listening or not. Mm. And it was kind of natural thing for us to not saying anything. I remember just feeling that I am lucky that I am not in that conversation. I'm not the girl that in the conversation. And... Um, but we were also even not really stood out and saying like, that's not nice to nice things to say about it Mm -hmm. or stuff like that so that um the me too movement Mm -hmm. i can totally see it i believe every every girls in korea have similar experience something like me even though it's not them being in the victim kind of way Mm -hmm. but that's really kind of traumatized me in a way it's like oh that's what boys talk about like yeah that kind of sucks but I'm glad with people starting to saying things out loud and saying this is not right. I'm saying this is not right and stuff like this. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about what made your feminist heart sing recently? Yes. (laughs) Okay,
0: perfect. Do you want to, why don't you go first?
2: Okay, so I don't have uh, children yet. But I have two kitty cats, and a few days ago, there was a um, black widow spider in the house. Ooh. Yeah, and I know our cats always kind of play with the bugs and stuff like that. So I was like, I got to get rid of this right now. And I think I saw my motherhood that I didn't notice so far. <laughs> <laughs> it was welling up
0: inside of you. Yeah, yeah, it was
2: like, I got to do this. Like, nobody's here to help me out. And I used to be terrified with, like, bugs and stuff. But also the yoga kind of helped me out with, oh, we are the same living creature. And I was trying to not hurt the spider at the same time, but also not trying to hurt myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I texted some of my friends, hey, I'm about to kill this black widow spider. So if you don't hear from me, this is my address. <laughs> and it was, Come check on me. Yeah, sure. And... I was wearing all the clothes on, like gloves on, everything on, like unlock the door, ready to leave. And I catch that. It. it was like a zombie movie on my own. Oh my It gosh. was like 15 minutes of like, oh my God, what should I do? And take a breath, you're fine. And meditate. And then go back to catch it out. And I caught it on the like glass jar and a paper and a paper box and take him out. It was kind of rainy after rain day. So I kind of put it on the water drain thingies. Yeah. And you saved your cats. I did and save you my
0: cats. Found, you found your inner zombie hunting <laughs> warrior mama. Yep. <laughs> I love that story. Yeah,
2: I wanted to share that so much. Oh,
0: it's, oh, it's great. Um, well, so I have a couple things. So maybe I'll go and then I'll let you say, say another one of yours. So okay. I... um. I obviously love podcasts. And uh, surprise, surprise, there's a podcast about everything. And (laughs) so I recently got turned on to this whole genre of podcasts about periods and menstruation and uteruses and uh, all things related to getting your period. So there are are several that I wanted to mention. Um, I haven't listened to all of them, and so I can't necessarily – personally vouch for Mm -hmm. the awesomeness of every Mm -hmm. episode of every one of these podcasts. But I do think it's great that they exist. So there's the periodical with Jesse Brown, the period podcast, which I think is now, I don't think it's in production anymore, but it was through 2018 hosted by Kate Clancy. There's the period party with, (laughs) (laughs) I know know, the names are pretty, pretty fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, with Nat kringoudis who calls herself the hormone revolutionist mm-hmm. and Nicole jardin the period fixer. So that's um a pretty good one too and I think my favorite is called he- the heavy flow podcast with um Amanda-, <laughs> Amanda Laird. Um and she named her podcast after an ep- um from an episode based on an episode or not an episode based on a based on a line from Mean Girls, which mm. also mm-hmm. endeared me to her. So there are others. And like I said, I haven't explored them all. But I just love that this is a genre. If <laughs> I just truly think that if women, and we've I've talked to, to many guests about this on the podcast, if women knew more about their bodies, and had more better information from and more open conversations with healthcare professionals, and if everyone knew more about Uh, periods not just people who have periods uh it would not be as big of a deal Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't be seen as gross and embarrassing and a lot of health issues could be addressed and a lot of discomfort that is not doesn't is not necessary both you know physical and emotional Mm -hmm. could be reduced and i also think environmental issues would be talked about more because there's a huge environmental impact to the way that our society asks women to or asks people who menstruate excuse me because it is not only women to um you know what products just they sell them to um handle having their periods so there's just a lot of good reasons to talk about periods so yay um there are these shows that have been talking about them so and there is kind of a period revolution growing <laughs> and has been in this country for a while now, several oh years. And there's a great book about that called periods gone public by Jennifer Weiss Wolf. Um, so, and it's something that we're seeing people take notice of in schools um, in terms of, you know, revamping sex ed and, and changing policies about when, when students can go to the bathroom and um, not requiring them to wear khaki shirts or, you know, skirts or pants every single mm-hmm day of the month. Um, cause it, you know, if, whether you go to school or you're at work or whatever you're doing in your life, if, um, if you don't have access to the products that you need, or if you're in a situation where you, you know, you feel like you have to hide or you don't have support around taking care of your body. If you're having really strong hormonal reactions, um, it can totally get in the way of your life. And also, you know, if you're a transgender boy or a gender nonconforming person who menstruates, that brings a whole other layer of possible issues and anxieties uh, to to that experience. So, um, I really, uh, I really want there to be a period podcast for kids i think that that would be Mm, um that would be a great addition to all of this so i'm so i'm really excited about period podcasts Uh and so more of more of that please more less period shame more period talk let's let's talk
2: about it oh yeah that you're the monthly period kind of related to this i think i'm starting to think i'm kind of like a witch-ish in a way my intuition is, has been always right. And I have a few friends who was asking me, are you a witch or um, can you see the future? Oh, type really? of thing. Yeah. And one of the things is um, we had a friends gathering in Colorado Spring and we went to hiking on like, a really hot day and everyone got uh, sunburn in a way and me and one of my friends had a really bad sunburn on our lips. So I bought like two lip balms and I just wasn't able to send it out to him. So I waited for a little bit and then I sent it out to him. Just one day I felt like it and he texted my husband and he was like, did you guys know about me? I'm like, what are you talking about? He was leaving his school. I mean, he was leaving his house to go get a lip balm and he opened the P.O. box and there was the lip balm that I sent oh, him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So You're- this is... Cosmically in tune, kinda. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that happened to my life that I said in my high school to my friends, like, "Hey, one day I'm gonna go to America and have a husband who doesn't have a one syllable last name, like Kim or Park or Che." And I bought a. Uh, I met a husband named Barnes, and I love my new last name. I have three B's in my names now. Oh yeah. Yeah so there's a little bit of something like this and that it's been happening around me and yeah I think as a woman it's more I have more sense senses towards this thing I am not saying that men doesn't have these things but I am a woman and I'm feeling this and that does make my feminist heart sing. And yeah. you
0: mentioned something in your email about the moon.
2: Mm-hmm. Can you
0: talk about that?
2: Yeah. So around when I'm feeling kind of PMS-ish, sometimes it's about like full moon or super moon or red moon or it's like eclipse or something like this. There And one of my friends, Rachel, she did... My 200 teacher training in Vail and her father is a physical something doctor. So he deal with a lot of athletic people. And he said when there's a full moon, a lot of people fall mm-hmm. or there's more injuries around his clients and stuff like that. And that really synced to the fall that I was talking about earlier oh, with the slide. Mm hmm. I know the slide, I play in the playground for like many, many, many times. And that felt like something, why am I falling? And Mm -hmm. then I fall. So now I'm thinking maybe it was a full moon, maybe gravity was stronger than ever or something like that. And maybe also I am a woman, I was feeling more those five and energy Yeah. Is that something that you think you might try to cultivate a little bit? Maybe. Your witchy side? Yeah. I'm like... I think you should. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so having fun sharing all these stories. It's... That's my favorite part
0: about doing a podcast. Yeah. I just get to... I get to talk about things that make me happy, and I get to learn so much about my friends. It's just... It's... I love it. Cool. Well, one other thing that made my feminist heart sing this week was i stumbled across this blog called directed by women and i probably don't have to tell you what it's about um and don't don't read this blog unless you have hours and hours to kill because
1: oh, cool. <laughs> it is
0: it is such a treasure trove and there's a whole directory of women directors on the blog mm-hmm. and there are over 12,000 of them <sighs> So you can just get totally lost in um in their work and their stories. Um, and there are a bunch of different sort of kinds of blog posts within the site. So there's one called Insights, which um, appears to be mostly posts written by women directors. And then there are interviews. And then there's this other um, type of blog post called Crucial twenty first Century Cinema. And, um, which is a communal blogging initiative running all the way through 2019. And each blog post is 365 words or less about a work by a woman director that's happening in this century that's happened in this century. So that is really exciting to me because I just feel like, um, I mean, we definitely are having, um, a cultural shift in terms of how we are looking at representation in media and film. Um, and so this basically the, the, the curator, the catalyst who's behind this is named Barbara Ann O'Leary and Barbara Ann has done the homework for us in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. And and so if you really want to focus on, um, film by women directors it's just a gold mine Mm -hmm. um there's also something that i'm really excited about called the worldwide viewing party which is happens um every for the last four years it's happened in september and this year will be the fifth year where um the barbara ann um describes it it's basically screenings house parties and other events focused on watching films um Films, um, TV, web series, et cetera. It's a very expansive view of of cinema here. Um, she describes it as a joyous celebration, an opportunity to notice, explore, share, and delight in um, all forms of motion picture creativity directed by women and girls. So this has gotten me totally jazzed about having a feminist hot dog screening for my community, um, Alabama, on Worldwide Viewing Party Day this September. So I'm definitely going to plan on that. And I really Uh, want and to encourage other listeners and other places to do it too and then post about it and get involved with the community the hashtag directed by women um obviously they're all over the internet Mm -hmm. twitter everything and i'll post all that information in the show notes for this episode but i was just really really happy to see that um directed by women check it out and think about um who you could pull together for a Screening for the Worldwide Screening Day. And um, let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so one of the things that I've been doing a little differently in Season 2 is I, rather than answering li- listener questions, I've been asking questions of my guest. Okay. So um, advice questions, that things that I want to know that I think that you okay. might be... Um, the right person to answer. So dear feminist hot dog, how do you find inspiration when you are on a deadline and you are not feeling creative? I never have trouble finding inspiration to do this show, but the promotion and the social media is a whole other thing. Creating images and writing stuff for the website, getting the word out takes a lot of creative energy and sometimes I just don't have it. So what do you do, Bobe, when you're working on a design project mm-hmm. for a client or something that you um, that you really need to accomplish and you just aren't feeling it? How do you kind of tap into mm-hmm. your inner um,
2: inspiration? Um, <laughs> I do have a bullet journal. This is my bullet journal. I do have a I do like journaling. Yeah. When, um not feeling inspiring and also And what did you call it? What kind of journal? It's a bullet journal. What is, what is that? It's kinda it's kinda like a system where you create your own like bullets. So you can do like to do lists mm-hmm. and if you did something you check it out and if you didn't do it you mark with different color, different marks and move it over to like the next day. Mm. But it's really good for like a like a freelancer or who is not inspired on their own it is almost like giving yourself homework Mm -hmm. and i think making that line for yourself is kind of important and i also noticed that i always had some kind of genre from since when i was like elementary school oh wow yeah I i used to just collect them because they are pretty paper stickers and diary stationery mm-hmm. and I starting to know how to use them and track myself and also it's really good self-study in a way yeah and so when
0: you're in if you know like oh I have to do something and by x day and mm-hmm. you just are sort of blocked. What what would you recommend that somebody do if they mm. just really need to get off their butt and make themselves
2: do something? <laughs> um, I would say maybe go for a walk, even if a short walk. Maybe like walking, walking alone has a, such a strong power. You're listening your own head, you're talking to your own yourself, and your brain kind of go. Uh, while in a way and you see something and you observe what it is and your brain has to like process it and maybe other thoughts might come around um and i also want to say go to pinterest Mm. yeah and just look for it what other people's doing it um another thing is maybe like say it out loud maybe you can talk to your friends or anybody you can talk to just like i have this deadline i don't want to do it what should i do it (laughs) (laughs) they might say the same thing or you can just say why is it so hard to do it at the moment you might have some other issues going on that you didn't notice it maybe you need somebody else to kind of diagnose what you're at in a way Mm -hmm. yeah
0: So basically, just don't isolate yourself with the problem. Yeah. Okay.
2: Face it. Face it. Do it. (laughs) I'm
0: getting a massage from your Uh, your cat. What's this cat's name? His name's Rose. Rose. Don't stop. I feel so good. (laughs) I'm really excited to talk about the Feminist Hot Dog Hall of Fame. And I am... I'm going to jump in and go first, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the person that i want to induct into the hot dog hall of fame this episode is called greta thunberg and she is a 16 year old climate change activist who has gained international attention for skipping school Mm -hmm. to protest in front of the swedish parliament among other very high profile places so and also this was a listener um this was a listener's nomination mm-hmm. from um, a listener named uh, uh, named Dylan Trian. So thank you, Dylan. So by all accounts, Greta is a an unusual young person, and um, you can you know, there's a lot to read about her, and a lot of people have seen her TED talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I part of the reason I just w- really that she spoke to me and why I wanted to put her in the Hall of Fame is that she has truly inspired young people all over the world to get involved in demonstrating in support of immediate action on climate change Mm -hmm. and she's done it in this very kind of low pro introverted way that's just a hundred percent who she is i mean and i think that that's so inspiring both in terms of what she stands for obviously which is critically important um but also how she, she kind of represents to me that there's not just one way to be an activist or not just one way to be a leader or just there, there are so many ways to inspire people. And you can do that by and still be yourself. You don't mm-hmm. have to kind of, um, of course there are models for change and organizing and, um, and all of that, but that we can be who we are and still be really effective um, agents of change. So she's been pretty harshly criticized in some circles by adults mostly who <laughs> feel like this school strike for climate change approach is bad for kids or not the right approach or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she just has no time for any of that. Mm-hmm. She, um she also has no time for supporters of hers who don't walk the walk, you know, who's, who claim to oppose climate change, but she feels like are kind of leaving it to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And so to quote her she says it's sometimes really annoying when people say oh you children you young people are the hope you'll save the world um
2: the future is yours yeah the
0: future is yours and then she says i think it would be really helpful if you could help us just a little bit (laughs) (laughs) so stop just praising me and actually like maybe do some of the
2: work that would be great thanks (laughs) can i add to yeah please where is she from she's swedish she's swedish mm-hmm. okay so i wanted to say um korea i left korea eight mo- eight years and few months ago and there's been huge one of the huge change they've been having is they have so bad air pollution nowadays mm. i remember it used to be only like spring times and they call it all the air, bad air from China blew up to, like, Korea part. and But nowadays, it is, like, almost every day. It's, like, four days out of three a week. Wow. And that's, like, a huge thing. And as a yoga teacher, we know how important to breathe. And if there is no pure air to breathe in, that really sucks. Yeah. i really starting to care about my friends and family who live there still, And there it sounds like there is nothing really we can do about it as a Korean people. I kinda blame the globalization. China doesn't care about how Korea is getting better pollution. They're just busy making money, all the things that has a made in China label. You might consider how they make it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's gonna really help my country to become better environmental. And, yeah, and it's soon, I don't know how soon this is going to be, but it's probably going to come all the way, all over the world. Yeah. And I think it's a pretty serious problem. Hopefully, we can do something, good thing, like every day, even a smaller thing, maybe recycle, maybe plant more seed, don't heal the bees, stuff like that.
0: Well, Greta is definitely... Asking us to do a lot, and, yeah, you know, and and holding, um, holding governments accountable, I think is, um, is central to her message too, which is, you know, she agrees with you that this is happening really quickly, mm-hmm. and that the people who are in charge now are essentially just punting the problem to, um, the generation that is currently kids, yeah, and they're the ones who are going to suffer the most, yeah. and so that you're basically, um ruining the world for the next generation <laughs> and she is so and she's that's she's that frank she's very brutal on twitter she's not afraid to speak truth to power um but that also doesn't mean that she's not still a child or a young person who's dealt with some really deep issues herself so another thing i admire about her is that she um she and her family have been very open about the fact that she has she suffered very deep depression Aww. as a really Young, really. I mean, she's only 16 now. Uh Um, apparently, she kind of woke up to climate change at the age of eight, which is really just remarkable, and suffered debilitating childhood depression from even around the age of 11. Um, and it was so bad that it actually affected her growth. So, and if you see pictures of her now, she does look very young. I was surprised Mm -hmm. to learn that she was 18 or excuse me, 16. Um, but she's, you know, she's pushed through that. I'm sure it still affects her to some degree, but it's not, she's not allowing that to, um, I shouldn't say, No, I don't want to say it that way. Um, I'm sure it still affects her to some degree. And I think that it makes her even more remarkable that that's part of her identity that, mm-hmm. that she's able to to navigate and talk about. And she's won dozen of, dozens of awards. And just this year was in, um, on International Women's Day, was named the most important woman of the year in Sweden. So mm. I think that's, um, that's a really um, huge honor. I'm super impressed by her. I can't wait to see where her career takes her. I want to conclude with a quote from her TED Talk, which is, we can't change the world by following the rules because the rules have to be changed. So Greta Thunberg, thank you for your activism and for caring and for being yourself. Welcome to the Feminist Hot Dog Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. Okay, so we're going to tag team your Feminist Hot Dog Hall of Fame inductee. We just watched a, a rad video about
2: her. Do you want to introduce her? Yeah, her name is Hyun Sa, or Sa Hyun. She's a Korean lawyer, and she had the interview about her sexual harassment experience on the public news. And everyone's starting to... Um, Sharing their stories, I guess.
0: Right, it sounds like she has inspired a lot Mm -hmm. of other women to come forward. So is it unusual for women to hold the kind of position that she holds? Because in the video, they showed a lot of pictures of her
2: with her colleagues,
0: and she's the only woman.
2: Yeah, it is so common. And I wanted to sharing like a really old Korean and also some East asia's culture we have different names and title for gender and age so uh, if i was calling my brother they'll be oppa but if i was a boy calling my older brother they'll be hyunga, mm. something like that and uh, so i I had options of like oppa and onni, which is older sister and like younger brother, younger sister. But for me, all of those names has kinda hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Older brothers goes on top, older sisters the, is the next, and there's like me, and then there's um, younger brother and younger sister. And I do like this tradition. But there's definitely like power depends on their sex, gender, and also the age. And I wanna say, I wanna say like this could be like balanced. that we can still have beautiful names, but we can still think them as uh, equally. That's what I wanna want Korea and everyone else to be eventually. Um, and. In the video, she said that happened to her in 2010, which is when I was in my first year of college in Korea. And for Koreans, the man has to go to mandatory army service for two years. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to meet like 18 to 20 years old boys just living out there.
0: We're pausing for a moment because the cat has discovered the box for the mixer.
2: <laughs> but I think we, we could just let him yeah. have his okay. fun. Nothing important that he can chew oh, out. No, okay, no. cool. <laughs> um and and I was also in like a art school in my high school and went to photography school in college and the one year of experience I had was kind of weird. There was, there was all this older, older student who call it like sunbae, which is like senpai in Japanese word. And they just got off of this military service and they wanted to kind of rule the younger students like they are in the army. Mm. And they think it's not fair for only, <laughs> only women has only men has to go to the army services where women just, they think we we'll are just hang around and do nothing. And I wasn't one of them, but few of my really pretty or tall friends were called by their older student to be in the photo shoot. And I have no clue if this actually happened or not. But I can totally imagine they would be like, hey, this is going to be like a nudity nudity with photography and you have to do something like this. And it's so easy for them to do like sneaky sexual harassment in a way. Um, And I left Korea eight years ago, like I was saying, and that's happened last year. And the lawyer been holding this story for eight years. So I am... I'm feeling lucky and not lucky to not being in Korea at this moment. I would definitely be in the street like shouting out, like making some posters and stuff like that. And the video is saying the law they didn't really change anything or they weren't able to like arrest anybody because there's no evidence, but I think everyone just encouraged to telling their story and share each other's story and bonding because of this is pretty amazing and kind of proud of my country and woman
0: absolutely well in the video too it just showed i mean thousands and thousands of people Mm -hmm. in the street and it's like snowing and raining i mean they're (laughs) they're really out there kind of taking you know taking the the elements and making their voices heard in it and it did she did say that even though um there maybe hasn't been a lot of institutional change mm-hmm. that it seems like culturally people are starting to understand that sexual abuse and harassment is is never the fault of the victim or survivor mm-hmm. which i mean that's huge that's got to be the first step toward the yeah. institutional change too uh-huh. so that's super inspiring mm-hmm. all right well will you say her name again because I'm worried I'm going to mispronounce uh, it
2: ti Hyun Sa Ji Hyun Sa yes Did I say it right
0: ti mm-hmm. Hyun Sa welcome to the Feminist Hot Dog Hall of Fame thank you for all of your hard work and thank you for sharing mm-hmm. your your story and changing um changing lives in South cool. Korea yay Well, that brings us to the conclusion of our show. Bobe. thank you so much. This has really been so much fun. I I love it that you sang for us. I love that you're a witch. I can't wait to hear (laughs) um, how your witch identity develops. Uh, And we'll have to have you back on the show in the future. Listeners, thank you all for being here. Don't forget to follow Feminist Hot Dog on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and sign up for the newsletter so you can stay up on all the latest hot dog news. Our music is by Ava Luna and Loyalty Freak Music and our audio editing and stingers by Square Lightning Design. Thanks for listening. And until next time, love yourself, love your buns. Goodbye. <laughs>